Welcome to a Nutrition and Clinical Practice podcast. I'm Dr. Jeanette Hassey, the Editor-in-Chief of Nutrition and Clinical Practice. The theme for the August 2017 issue of NCP is Obesity Treatments and Nutrition Consideration. So joining me today is Dr. Lee Frame-Peterson, the lead author of the paper, Nutrient Deficiencies Are Common Prior to Bariatric Surgery, which is published in the August 2017 NCP issue. Dr. Frame Peterson is adjunct instructor in the Department of Surgery with the Johns Hopkins Center for Bariatric Surgery in Baltimore, Maryland. So thank you, Dr. Frame Peterson, for joining me today. Before we start our discussion, I'd just like to ask you if you have any disclosures on this topic that you'd like to share. I don't have any disclosures. Well, as we know, a lot of the published literature and a lot of the clinical bariatric programs seem to focus on monitoring for and treating micronutrient deficiencies after bariatric surgery. However, I think the title of your paper says it all, that deficiencies commonly exist before surgery as well. So what are the underlying causes of these micronutrient deficiencies before patients head into bariatric surgery? So the quality of diet in patients with obesity, including those seeking treatment with bariatric surgery, is the most significant cause of micronutrient deficiencies in this population. While these individuals have calorie-dense diets, their diets are not necessarily rich in micronutrients or even balanced in macronutrients. In fact, many of these individuals do not consume enough protein, leaving them protein malnourished. The most common micronutrient deficiency appears to be vitamin D and iron, so we're having both protein malnourishment as well as malnourishment in the vitamins and minerals. There's also the likelihood that the recommended daily allowances, the RDAs, are inadequate for patients with obesity. So what happens if those deficiencies aren't identified and not treated before bariatric surgery? If a malnourished patient undergoes any type of surgery, they may have a complication due to poor healing, such as bleeding or gastrointestinal leak along the stable line, or develop an infection. Further, if a patient is malnourished before having bariatric surgery, which can lead to malnourishment due to the reduced dietary intake and altered nutrient absorption following the procedure, they're more likely to remain malnourished or even become more malnourished after the procedure. I want to point out to our readers to look at table one in your paper because I think it's a great summary of the common micronutrient deficiencies in this population of pre-bariatric surgery patients. One thing I noticed is that all of the fat-soluble vitamins are implicated, vitamins A, D, E, and K, but only some of the water-soluble vitamins, specifically folate, thiamine, and B12, were noted in that table. So what's the hypothesis or mechanism by which those deficiencies are slanted toward the fat-soluble vitamins, or is it just that the other deficiencies haven't really been identified yet? This is an astute observation, and one that might seem counterintuitive. However, it's likely that that's not the case likely that the cause is a diet higher in carbohydrates. And in addition to being higher in carbohydrates, that diet's also low in micronutrients. Do you also see that there are trends for specific deficiencies to be pronounced more in females versus males or vice versa? For instance, you mentioned in your paper the increased prevalence of iron deficiency in females versus males. Yeah, so iron deficiency is more common in menstruating women. So that's sort of an expected difference rather than something that's unique to this population. The other difference we see is that women tend to have poor folate status, and that does also seem to be common in the general population and not just in this obese population. 
otherwise, there are similar issues with malnutrition in both men and women who are seeking bariatric surgery. So one of the things that we like to do with NCP is translate science into practice. So what advice would you give a clinician who's working with these patients who might be considering or planning bariatric surgery? Do you think it's necessary to check the blood levels to identify micronutrient deficiencies, or should we just recommend that our patients take supplementation regardless? I think uh, the relatively small cost to screen a patient considering bariatric surgery for malnutrition is far outweighed by the large potential benefit. That being correcting deficiencies when it is easier to do so, the supplements will be better absorbed before the procedure. And the potential decreased risk of complications following the procedure, such as poor healing and infections. If we just blanket supplement patients prior to surgery, we don't know for sure that we're correcting the deficiencies. And if we don't correct the deficiencies, we might not have that intended benefit. But you don't just have to take my word for it. The American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery recommends screening and treating malnutrition before bariatric surgery. I think that kind of leads us into the next question. So if you know that a patient has or has had a micronutrient deficiency in the past, will that influence decisions about the timing of bariatric surgery or even perhaps the type of surgery that's going to be recommended for that patient? So currently, micronutrient deficiencies have not been identified as an absolute contraindication for bariatric surgery, and this is where clinical judgment really will come into play. Typically, a patient and surgeon will work together to determine the best procedure based on weight loss goals and individual factors. For instance, if a patient has a history of gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERD, they may be steered away from the sleeve gastrectomy and towards the gastric bypass. It is more likely that the type of procedure will inform the nutrients of greatest concern for repletion prior to surgery due to the variation in the post-procedure absorption of nutrients rather than vice versa. In the clinic, we see more post-sleeve gastrectomy patients with thiamine deficiency and more post-bypass patients with vitamin D deficiency. So those nutrients would be probably our biggest concern if we were only able to screen a few. So before we close today, are there any additional comments that you'd like to share with our listeners? I just wanted to say that nutritional assessment and treatment for patients seeking bariatric surgery as a treatment for obesity is still in its relative infancy. Each center has its own method for screening or even not screening for malnutrition prior to surgery. Furthermore, the cutoffs for deficiency and insufficiency in some micronutrients are still under debate, such as vitamin D. On top of that, the RDAs and thus supplementation dosing have not been well studied in the obese population, but likely are inadequate. So with all that going on, it's an exciting time to be working to improve the care of patients with obesity, but we do have a lot of work to do. Well, thank you, Dr. Frame Peterson, today for sharing your expertise with our listeners. I invite our readers to find out more about nutrition considerations of obesity treatment in the August 2017 issue of Nutrition and Clinical Practice. Thank you for having me. 